Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 21, How to Use Podcasting to Engage People. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, leaders. I am Jesse Leahy, and today we're going to get a bit tactical and explore a specific method of engaging with external audiences such as customers and or internal audiences such as employees. My guest today is Cliff Ravenscraft, also known as the Podcast Answer Man. Now, if you go to iTunes or any other podcast directory and look at which podcasts are top-ranked, many of those got there with help from the Podcast Answer Man. Cliff has been involved in podcasting since 2006, which was not long after the phenomenon began. So today we're going to be exploring what podcasting is, why it's so powerful, how a leader can get started with it, and what you need to do differently when podcasting for employees rather than an external audience. Cliff, welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast. Jesse, thank you so much. So glad to be here on the show. Now, for the benefit of our any listeners that they're listening to a podcast here, obviously, but they may not be familiar with technically what a podcast is. How, how do you define podcasting? Well, it depends on who I'm talking to, how I would define it. If you want the technical answer, I can give you that. A podcast is a series of digital media files recorded in episodic format where the digital media files can be subscribed to and delivered via RSS feed. Now, I would hardly ever define it that way for someone. (laughs) Uh, If I wanted to talk to somebody and I was just out in the real world and somebody asked me what I did for a living, I would tell them, I might tell them I create internet talk radio or internet TV or something like that. That way, uh, people can understand, they can grasp their mind, uh, they can wrap their mind around this idea of, oh yeah, I listen to talk radio, oh yeah, it's available via the internet, and then I can actually go a step further and say, well, and it can actually be on your um, your smartphone, your Android device, your iPhone, your Windows 8, you can take the content with you on your BlackBerry, uh, and subscribe to it right there, and every time there's a new episode, boom, you're immediately notified. So it's, it's and, and generally speaking, it's an audio or or maybe video format but it's it's not where you have to go to a website every time you want to listen to it and click on play it it automatically when there's a new episode it appears right on your device that is correct uh, depending on what software you're using it's it's like the old days of blogs uh, there was a time when you know blogs were relatively new in the wild west of the internet and i remember having a ton of friends who had blogs and i would go to each of their blogs every day to see if something was new let's just say there was 20 of those blogs that i was interested in and only two of them had something new each day And so you never knew which one. And then all of a sudden, these things called readers came out. Google Reader. You can go to google.com slash reader. And you could subscribe to people's RSS feeds. It's basically a, a, a standard code that all blogs would use. And it allowed you to just sign into one service and immediately would tell you, oh, you know what? Out of all the, out of the 20 blogs that you're subscribed to, Two of them have something new. Would you like to read them now? Mm -hmm. And it gives you... And so podcasting does the same thing for audio or video files. Now, why would a leader be interested in podcasting as opposed to just, let's say, having a blog? What makes podcasting 
powerful? Well, um, I believe that leaders can only lead folks if they are effective communicators. And also leaders become leaders because they influence others. If you, I mean, if you're not influencing anyone, you're not a, you're not a leader. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when you think about communication and you think about influence, I think immediately of podcasting, I believe it lends itself incredibly well to the ability to develop a rapport and a relationship where people come to know, like, and trust you based upon the information you communicate to them through this method of, uh, and my my preference, I'm just going to say right here at the front of the show, and it, unless you do so otherwise, from this point forward, if I say podcasting, I'm talking about an audio podcast, although video podcasting is equally accepted as, as a form of podcasting. But just know from the rest, for the rest of the show, I'm going to be talking about audio. Sure. What what kind of person listens to podcasts? What, why, why do podcasts appeal to some people? More than others. People all around the world uh, listen to podcasts. I have all the demographics for all of my shows, and I can tell you that we have people who are as young as eight and nine years old listening to our podcast, and we have people who are in their 80s and 90s listening to podcasts. There's just as many men out there as there are women. Uh, There are a number of reasons why people are listening to audio podcasts and watching video, but mostly listening to audio podcasts. And that is because they have, you know, they have more free time to do so. For example, there are 40, 47.2 million people in the United States that have one thing in common, and that is they drive to work for approximately 26.2 minutes on average, <laughs> commuting to work alone mm. in their car so that's a total of about an hour every day in the car alone and i don't know about you jesse i remember commuting i don't have a commute anymore i, I commute down two flights of stairs to my basement <laughs> but um i remember when i did i used to listen to the radio and it was mind-numbing droning stuff that really does nothing for you and when i learned that there was talk radio all of a sudden, that stimulated my mind. But here's the problem I had with talk radio. I would be driving to a client's house and just be, you know, you know, 20 minutes in the car on the way to my client, they tease that they're going to share this amazing information with this interview with so-and-so. And you get to the client's house and they still haven't done it, but it's def- <laughs> they only have 10 minutes left in the show. But now you're there. You're, it, it's time for your appointment. You have to turn the car off and go or sit in your car and be late for your appointment. Well, what do you do? You pretty much lose out on the main benefit while you continued to listen to that episode. Whereas podcasting, when it came along, now all of a sudden I could actually stop right where I was in that program and I could then go in and see my client. And as soon as I get back, I can hit play and can, and resume right where I was. Or in the case, you know, in that specific case, I could actually fast forward through the first 20 minutes of that stuff and get right to the stuff that I want to listen to. So I was a huge fan of talk radio. And so were a lot of people until they found podcasting, until I found podcasting. And another benefit is that, well, when it comes to talk radio, what do you find on the radio? Politics, mm-hmm. sports, uh, more politics, more sports, money, mm-hmm. uh, and and news. Is there anything else on talk radio? I mean, I don't think so. And, and there's plus, some Christian stuff. Yeah, and but and and also a lot of those shows, whether it's it's the news or or politics or, or sports, you'll have a, a host that they have to fill three hours that day, and so they're gonna 
really blow things way out of proportion and or you end up listening to a lot of repetition depending on when you when you uh, call in and yeah that was part of my discovery of podcasting was that when i was ready to listen to, to something whether i was in my car or, or exercising based on what my mood was i could go select a certain uh topic and listen to that as opposed to someone who it, because a lot of podcasts are only five minutes long or a half hour long or an hour long, just depending on what's appropriate, as opposed to someone who has to fill three hours today. And what are we going to talk about for three hours? Exactly. And, and so the content is basically not constrained by time limits. It's not approved by program directors. You don't have to, you know, if I want to create a podcast, I don't have to get approval from anyone. I just go out, create it, put it out there and put it online. And if people like it, they'll come back and listen to it more and more. And if you create wonderful content with great audio quality, people and, and it's content that people care about, then then you have what I consider to be one of the greatest opportunities to have a life-changing impact on the world around you. One of the powerful things about podcasting is that you're not just reading a blog, which people tend to just skim. You're listening to somebody talk for five minutes or half an hour, or however long, and over and, and because it's it's episodic, as you're saying. It's it's a it comes out once a week or once a month or once a day, depending on the format. You're building a relationship with the with the the listener base. So they're listening to you to whoever the leader is on a on a regular basis, and they just feel like they get to know you after a time. Absolutely. Well, right. most podcasts that are out there available are accessible to an external audience, and the easiest way to uh, access those is through a, a podcast directory such as iTunes. But there's a whole lot of other podcasts that are specifically created for internal audiences such as employees. And uh, we are uh, very excited to have joined us uh, by phone today, Jonathan Mast, who has it was one of the early adopters of using podcasts for internal audiences. Jonathan, welcome to the Engaging Leader podcast. Thank you very much for having me today. What tell us your story of uh, how you dis- discovered podcasting and and uh, what it was like to first put that into place for internal communications. Well, it, you know, the interesting thing is now I'm I'm a full-time social media person for uh, Black and & Veatch, and back in 2005, you know, people didn't call it social media then, so so I didn't know I was trend-setting at the time, so it's, <laughs> I guess it's better late than never. And uh, I, my colleague at the time and I were, uh, the company that we were with, we went to a, a communications conference in Las Vegas and, and went to a session hosted by Shell Holt, who is a, a mentor of mine now and a friend that was talking about podcasting and how General Motors actually at the time had started a, a podcast. And so we worked in a, a company that had a, a large number of offices, very widely spread out, and we're looking for our CEO wanted ways to reach those people in a, in a more personal manner. He had a very charismatic personality. And, and we, heard, we thought the podcasting was a great solution. And so we went back and, and did a couple of demo shows, basically had very rudimentary equipment. We forged up a couple of headsets and used my laptop and free software. And uh, we, we pitched it to the executive group, and, and they liked the idea. And, 
and we went on a three-year run where we produced 153 consecutive shows every week for the next three years. And who were the the speakers? Who were the the uh, personalities on that show? The the top reason we started it was to get. We thought it'd be great to bring senior leaders on a, as you said earlier, a, a relationship type situation where from week to week people could could hear the voices and have that contact. And so we kind of, it, a lot of it went with what was going on in the organization. We had a regular every, about every other month, the CEO joined us. Our chief human resource officer would join us frequently. She found it to be very beneficial. I was actually talking today about when you're doing benefits enrollment, it can be really challenging sometimes to read all the paperwork that comes with that for employees. And so our, our each year our annual enrollment show, we would actually make it a little longer than normal and take people through a step-by-step process. And we got a lot of great feedback from people who said, you know, I would rewind and listen to what I needed to do next and refer to the links. And I just find these shows extremely beneficial. And then, of course, we started doing a lot of, uh, we tried to do human interest stories, which were our most successful. So if it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, organ donation, we interviewed a lady whose husband's life had been saved by, you know, organ donation. Uh, And so it didn't have to be work-related. It was helping people get to know each other across the country for us. We were a North American-based company. And so those were those became features as well as highlighting a local office. And that just people found that, you know, much like a newsletter, except now they could put a voice uh, with the story they were hearing. Now, this, is a, a, this was a weekly show, and did you have a, a consistent time uh, length for each episode? Yes, we tried to keep it under 10 minutes and actually strived for about seven. We just, I don't know, we felt like that was our, our workforce at the time. It was a client, it was an insurance risk management company. They were very busy processing and working with our clientele. So we wanted to get as much information, but not, just felt like we did a little research, did some surveys, and people at that time just said, you know, 30 minutes is too long, 15 might work. So we, it was, and it was a challenge, seven to minutes to get all your information in could be tricky. But we did, we would tape on Monday and release Tuesday morning. Hmm. Now, one of the things is Cliff and I were, were thinking about uh, this, this show and questions that have uh, been asked for to he and I on, on different occasions. It, what is the typically when you think of podcasting, you think of as, as the way Cliff uh, defined it. It's it's uh, it comes out through a, a, an RSS feed or some kind of technology so that it can pop up on your device automatically, like you know, like a like an iPod or an iPhone, where it pops up anytime there's a new episode available. What kinds of technologies are available today for internal? podcasts because you don't necessarily want it showing up on on iTunes right for the whole world to see if there's if it, it because they often employee communications have information that you don't want your competitors to know for example 
No, you're exactly right. And and gosh, we've come a long way since 2005. When we started, I mean, the concept of having you know that actually populate on your device was pretty pretty new, and you didn't find many people that that were doing that. So we we actually began, and and when I'm talking low tech. We used a, a software called Audacity, which I believe is still available, free. Mm-hmm. We would record it, edit it. And another reason for the, the length was to keep it to hopefully a, a meg in size. And when we started our show, we had about 3,000 employees. And when we finished, we had 6,000 in the company. We actually emailed it to everybody. And so that was... <laughs> That was yeah, I know that was our technology groups that that gave them I, I think an upset stomach, but we managed <laughs> I would actually send it out at I would get up or I would stay up and send it out at midnight on Monday night because that was the lowest time where it wouldn't affect the network. And as time progressed, we eventually got a media streaming server, which we would upload the the file to and then, distribute a link out to the the employees around the country. So it became much more efficient from that way. And, and today at Black & Veatch, uh, we, we use SharePoint. And so we're hosting on a community page or in a media, uh, multimedia library. Yes, and SharePoint 2013 includes podcasting support through RSS. So from SharePoint's asset library, users can get the URL for the library RSS feed and enter it into their podcast application, such as iTunes or another app on their computer or smartphone. That will let them automatically receive updates when new audio and video files are added to the asset library. So real podcasting behind the corporate firewall is possible. Now, speaking of firewall, this brings up the concern of security, Most large companies who create a podcast specifically for employees will probably want to have security in place to prevent that information from being accessible by non-authorized listeners. Even with the old traditional intranet, I could go and print off all those pages, go to Kinko's and print another hundred copies and give to... I mean, you know what I'm saying. Nothing Mm -hmm. has ever truly been secure, so I've always preached that Look, we got to we got to go with a little flexibility here. They could still take this podcast and and share it if it was inappropriate. But we have all those things covered through proprietary agreements and contracts, and 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 so that's what you have to do, I think. Well, that's right. the The new reality of the twenty first century is is transparency. I mean, that's one thing that social media has created. Where to to believe that you're going to be able to keep these secrets. Uh, is is maybe not not always the case uh, unless you've got a really good culture that it, it believes you know in in those in that kind of secrecy. I have, I have a question: is is you know when it, you think about a leader who wants to uh, internally communicate to three thousand employees or whatever the case may be, whatever scenario, why does it have to be company secrets that are communicated uh, to have this benefit of having this uh, rapport? 
that you share where people can come to know a little bit uh, better about your you as a charismatic leader, for example, you want to communicate to them, you want to inspire them, you want to encourage them, and stuff like that. Why Why the desperate need to communicate proprietary you know, information that you don't want out to the world? Why not use that and, and, and communicate in such a way something that you don't mind getting out? In fact, that if it did get out and shared, more people would want to come work for you because the content that you're creating is so valuable. And what happens, I think, in a scenario like that, where if I was one of those 3,000 employees and then all of a sudden, you know, Mr. CEO is this guy that I never really uh, have ever met. I've seen him at a couple of parties and he's, you know, he's too busy and too popular to deal with me, this mere peon uh, of an employee. And and I hear all kinds of stories about how unreachable and how t- untouchable he is. But all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, he's communicating to me on a you know three times a week. I'm getting five minute audio files of just encouraging messages, and he's sharing a little bit of a, a, a he's giving me a little bit more of a transparent and authentic look into the way he thinks about his business and his vision for this company, and I'm inspired. And now all of a sudden, I feel like I, I just know the guy a little bit more. And, and when I represent this company, I'm not just representing the company, but the guy who started this whole thing. And, and wow, this is amazing. And, and it just makes me, you know, maybe there is some proprietary information in some hidden documents that I have to, you know, that's four passwords and, you know, biometric eye scanning uh, technology that keeps, you know, my eyes only on the, mm-hmm. on the media. And maybe it makes me want to dig into that a little deeper in those other media files. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, again, we, we're here at Black & Veatch now. I mean, we're a global organization with offices in 100 countries. So, you know, we, I think when you're talking about having messages and creating that content that anybody should be able to hear, you know, offers a exciting possibility. So, I mean, current situation, we may have some training, some leadership development things that are very laser-focused that outside of our industry might not have much traction. But if it were to be a more senior level CEO who, as you said, has an inspiring message, absolutely. I don't think that would, that would be an issue. And I think a lot of but I do think we still live in a culture, business-wise, where companies are still moving toward knocking down those walls and saying, hey, don't you want to see how awesome it is inside our house? And, and that's what we really got to do. And we're in a competitive uh, recruiting industry right now with engineering and, and talent, so that we're constantly striving to let people know about that. Some of the things... That I would, if I were uh, an employee in a in a company, in a large company, some of the things I would want to hear my CEO talking about, though, would be things would that would be difficult to uh, for for that man or woman to speak of if you knew that an external audience could hear. So, f- for example, I I want to know where's our company going. Um, what were our latest? What's you know, how did we do this past month? What are our current financials? What does that mean to me as an employee? And that's sensitive to you. May not want your your competitors to know that. Well, we had a down month last n- month, but that's okay because we've got this secret thing that you know our new strategy that we're about to unveil next month. It's just going to be awesome. 
you know, you you want that kind of op- total openness with your employees. Otherwise, you're going to feel like, you know, th- okay, this leader is not really being completely open and honest with us because you, you, you just can't share all those secrets. And, and it comes back to with our social media policy here, everybody signs that we've all signed our other agreement. Accidents happen. I mean, and so there was the risk of having it attached an email. Emails get accidentally forwarded all the time. So, you know, there's always the risk. But if I go to the annual conference and the CEO tells me we're going to make a profit of X dollars, in this day and age, everybody's sitting there with their smartphone, and if, they ha- if they're not thinking, they might tweet that out. So it just keeps coming back to the common sense, education, understanding of what the tools are being used for. Right. And that could, that's the case whether, even if you weren't getting high-tech, if you just distributed a paper memo to your employees, you, you know, that, though, that could be shared with external people, and that, that still happens. I mean, there's been some memos even just in the past year or two, let, let's say with Nokia, you know, the famous burning platform memo that was leaked to the outside. You know, that, those things happen even if they're not high-tech. So having those, the, the education in place and those employee agreements in place certainly is... Uh, important. What I will say about the internal message is uh, that my co-host and I, we were consistent. Occasionally we'd have a guest host. But back to that regularity of people did come to under- expect that it was going to come out on this day. We, we had fun with it. You know, we did have humor. Uh, we were allowed some some leeway in that that sense uh, we usually had like we kicked it off with people in the company who had bands or did music we would feature their music as our bumper in and out and so you know just to kind of gravitate back toward that internal message it's still about consistency too so those were things that that were also successful for us in having people listen to the broadcast what kind of feedback did you get over time uh, to the podcast? It, you know, it was, as a general rule, very positive. The biggest thing that I heard when I would go out and travel and sometimes do an interview in an office is just people saying, you know, that story resonated with me, uh, especially things such as the cancer awareness, cancer survivor stories, a lot of the fundraising and involvement that the company was involved with, people just say that's that's great. You know, I never knew, I never knew somebody else shared that same experience that that I had, and it just you know this makes it a little more real. I like hearing Mr. or Mrs. X talk about this. So, you know, it was it was just that consistency of people kind of felt there was a humanness to it more than just the photo and the story, even though those, those can be very powerful. In most internal communications, there, you know, there's almost never criticism for too much communication. You usually hear that there's not, I never know what's going on or there's not enough communication. Or it's, it's that everything we ever get is all in corporate speak and it's all been scrubbed to death by various committees. And I can imagine that having a regular podcast that's unscripted where you're you you have a planned agenda, but but you're you're just speaking. That's not from a script. That's gotta 
really help feel like there's real communication happening and it's not corporate speak, not scrub, that this is the real scoop. I, I, I got to believe that people found that helpful. Again, it was as if you tuned in, listened to a short clip from a radio show where you had your special guest. And, and the nice thing about the audio, though, is you could go back and clean up little blurbs here and there to, you know, to condense it, put your clips together. But as, as a general rule, we left it very unvarnished and just went with what we had. Well, Jonathan Mast, Senior Manager Emerging Media at Black & Veatch, thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I, I will always be a podcaster at heart. I'm, I just still think it's a very valuable medium, and I'm a consumer of podcasts on my daily runs, and it, it's really, I, I learn a lot from people all over the world, so I think it's, it's still something that should be highly promoted internally and externally at it. At a company. Jonathan Mast hosted from 2005 to 2008 what was arguably the first completely internal podcast. Today he provides social media services at the global consulting firm Black and Veach. We'll provide a link to his LinkedIn profile as well as a link to an interview Jonathan provided back in 2005 that includes actual clips from the employee podcast. Those links will be in our show notes for this episode at engagingleader.com slash 21. Well, Cliff, last thing I want to ask about, you heard Jonathan talk about how they got started several years ago with just a laptop and Audacity. How does somebody today, I mean, the technology has progressed a little bit, uh, the sort of tolerance for you know lower levels of quality has changed a bit. How would a leader get started today if they wanted to pursue podcasting? Well, the first thing that I would do, if you don't mind me plugging a, a, a certain tutorial that I've put together, I would recommend starting everything at learnhowtopodcast.com. Again, that's learnhowtopodcast.com. And there I give you an overview of podcasting, what it is. And by the way, it's a completely free tutorial. You don't have to pay anything. Don't even give me your email address or anything. Um, and I actually go through all, all of the aspects of podcasting, specifically the equipment option. And you can still today um, hustle up a couple uh, headsets, plug them into a laptop and record. Uh, back in 2005, 2006, you could have totally got, got by with that. No big deal. Uh, it was all brand new and we all sounded horrible back then. <laughs> today, NPR is putting their st- podcast content out. I mean, there are audio podcasts. I mean, listen to the quality of this show. We're not speaking into you know $30 headphones or headsets here. Uh, so my recommendation would be to get at least a good quality microphone. You could spend as little as $100 per mic. Uh, but he, here's the deal. We're talking about business and mm-hmm. we're talking about communicating uh, and and sharing your message with your, your employee force. Honestly, I would say put in somewhere between $800 to $2,000 and you have the highest of the high end of what you'll need. And that's a one-time investment that will stick around for as long as you want to communicate in this, in this medium. I agree. It does make a difference when you think when you see a podcast for the first time and you think, yeah, let me give that one a try and you listen and you, you basically give them five or 10 seconds before you decide, are you really going to be committed and and listen to a a full episode? And if it's a, if it comes across as low quality uh, from a sound quality, that makes you feel like the the content is going to be low quality as well. 
And so I think that investment up front is, is would, would, it, it pays off in creating that, that positive first impression, which then leads to a little bit greater engagement. And then you can really realize that full power of, of podcast engagement, which is quite significant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there, there are a number of podcasts where the content, I happen to know the person who's creating the content and I happen to know the, the content is f- far superior to anybody else in that field. And I've chosen to not listen to it just because of audio quality. So you've got some people out there who are more discerning, but, but today it, it, there's really no excuse to not have some great sounding stuff. I, it, even for, you know, $400, I could create a show that sounds almost as good as what we sound right now and would rival that of most talk radio stations. So, yeah. Well, terrific. Well, we will put a link to that in our uh, show notes, but it's just, it's learnhowtopodcast.com. That's pretty simple. Yep. Very good. Okay, leaders. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, if you like our show, please rate us on iTunes. That makes a huge difference in helping more people discover it. Go to engagingleader.com slash iTunes. We would love to know your thoughts about this episode. You can leave comments on our show notes at engagingleader.com or connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, where I am at Jesse Leahy. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers on internal communication strategies. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Arthur Hankey, our sound engineer, of course, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, is our podcasting advisor, and Rick Tarrant, our announcer. Until next time, remember, whether you realize it or not, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of our opportunities to engage the people we care about.